In 2008, I was in my last legitimate corporate job. Since that time, I've been a strong supporter of small business. One of the things that I'll often say is a small business that is built around our passion, the thing that we love to do, is the single most powerful way for us to contribute to the culture, to the people that we love to work with, to grow financially, and to grow as a human. Because on this journey, we face a unique set of challenges, unique opportunities as well, but definitely a unique set of stresses. And these require us to grow. The business we find becomes an extension of ourselves as a human, And we can use this as a way to grow, a vehicle to grow as a human and develop. So today I get to sit down with Belinda Lescue from Holistic Business. And this is the kind of stuff we get stuck into. Belinda is very strong and well-versed and passionate about the power of processes in your business and how this can not only help amplify your work, but also help to bring congruence to you as a human and help to elevate your potential as a human, help to reduce stress, help to you to do more of the things that work and the more of the things that you love and basically stop doing the things that literally aren't working, aren't serving you or are just purely a waste of time. So without further ado, I'm going to get stuck in. This is episode 52 of the Access Potential podcast. You're listening to John Marsh, and I'm here with Belinda Lescu from Holistic Business. We're here on episode 52 of the Access Potential Podcast, and I'm sitting down today with Belinda Lescu from Holistic Business, and we connected kind of through mutual friends after I moved up here to Newcastle 12 months or so ago. Uh, and it's been kind of a little bit of a ship's passing in the night kind of thing. We haven't really had this opportunity to sit down. And then a few weeks ago, we caught up for coffee. Uh, we went to the Autumn Rooms, which if you listened to a couple of episodes ago, I interviewed Ben, so that's kind of a cool thing. We went to the Autumn Rooms, had a great coffee, had some cool chats and connected on business. And it was really cool to hear what Val's been getting up to. So I'm really excited today to sit down and do uh, do episode 52 of the podcast. Thanks so much for coming into the little office space and doing it in here. Thanks um, for having me. Yeah. So how's everything been going for you? How's how's everything, you know, traveling this year? I yeah, guess. good. It's been a massive year. Yeah. It's been a massive year. Um, uh, interestingly, like, I'm sure we'll get into the story um, a bit later, but... Um, I started the year quite burnt out and not really sure where I was fitting, um, how to actually bring all of my skills together into Mm -hmm. the one space. And so I guess this year has been really finding out what that is, what that looks like, how to show up. And, um, and, and then here I am. So yeah, it's been, um, it's been busy. It's been good. And it's, um, had some great positive feedback. Yeah. Cool. Let's go straight into it. So quite often I'll, uh, kind of. I'm always interested in kind of backstory yeah. and story of some sort. So take us through, you know, whatever pops into your mind is kind of relevant. And then I might dig a little bit deeper later too, but take us through to like, you know, you mentioned you were finding your feet or finding your voice or positioning this year. Uh, I know when we caught up 
you mentioned the naturopathy. Yeah. Really interesting mix going on. Tell us a little bit more about it all and what kind of led you to being here. Okay. Well, I'll start. I'll start from the beginning. Yeah. So. Um, I've always been really passionate about business. Yeah. Um, so I come from a very entrepreneurial family. Um, my dad's my biggest cheerleader. He's always, um, yeah, really pushing me to, um, obviously strive, but, um, in the business realm as well. So he runs his own business and he's very passionate. So that kind of just came down the gene pool. Mm. So, um, so I, I left school, I did um, Bachelor of Business, and then I kind of floated for a little bit. I did a bit of marketing, um, a bit of, um, I got into like the publishing, copy editing um, side of things. And then I ended up um, studying naturopathy. So that was also a passion. Health and wellness has always been a passion of mine. Um, but yeah, now I was like, I'm gonna do this as a career. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, um, I left the, the business um, realm behind and I just went straight into um, naturopathy and I really feel after I graduated and I really found that I missed the sense of like so a lot of um, a lot of naturopaths are they develop their skill but they don't have the the business sense behind it and yeah. i've always been um wh- whatever skill i've developed along the way i have always wanted to put that into a business so i learned something like okay so how can i make a business out of this yeah. um so i just i'm naturally that way inclined so then when i graduated and um i started practicing naturopathy i really missed um that i guess the the hard-hitting business side of it so i was able to bring little pieces in but um i missed helping people i missed um having those the chats Mm. so i um i kind of did a 180 so i left naturopathy for a bit and i really delved into helping um business owners a lot i'm very techie so a lot with the, the tech side of things and but then i was like missing naturopathy a little bit so it was like that that um that swinging that swing um so I really had to sit down and figure out, well, what is it that I wanted to do and how can I play to my strengths, which I'm quite detail orientated. Mm. And I wanted to bring all of it together. And then I guess earlier this year, I sort of, it just, it just came, just came to me in, in the middle of the night about um, really focusing on helping small business owners with the health of themselves and the health of their business. So um, obviously naturopathy is a passion of mine, but in particular um, stress management. And you know, when, when you do run a business, it's kind of a different set of stressors that you can come up against, not just your everyday ones. Mm. So um, you know, being in the game and knowing, um, knowing what, that, what that looks like, what that feels like, and having that awareness around it, I was like, oh, I really need to, I need to help them. Mm. Um, but also bringing in uh, my business passion as well. So looking at processes, systems, tech, that kind of thing, because I feel that by putting those in place overall long game you're reducing your stress yeah let's go back a little bit the first thing that jumped out at me was this concept of when you own and run a business you've got a unique 
uh, a different set of challenges. Mm. And it's not to say that if you're not running a business, you're not undergoing stress at all. Uh, it's simply a different, it's a different set mm. altogether. Yes. Um, I kind of think of it like, you know, it's kind of like warfare in a way, like in, a, in not such a, you know, it's like it doesn't go away. Yeah. Um, which when you're on a good day is amazing because you're just like lit up and you're yeah. going for it. And then on a bad day, you just, you have nowhere to hide. Mm. You just like, even if you coil up in a bed, you're still screwed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it really resonates a lot. The other bit, this flipping the, um, the thing you love into your business really resonates. I'm interested, uh, was your dad in business in tech or is that where you got process aside from as well or is it something separate well dad um dad spent a lot of time working for um tube makers bhp back in the day and then he jumped out of that business um just over 20 years ago and started his own um robotics and engineering business so yes i do i dare say that um that has been a driver um i've always been around that and around like you know the systems and processes that's what he has always drilled into me um but i also think that's part of my personality as well so it's not like i'm trying to push um push stuff uphill Mm. um whereas you know it's that and that's something that i do like to chat to business owners about is it's about creating your business around your personality and your strengths as well Mm. so that you are feeling more in flow so Mm. for me looking at that that structure and the processes and foundations that lights me up yeah so yeah yeah Yeah. we spoke about this before if you're listening to the podcast kind of the opposite to me yes i can't (laughs) even stack my books vertically because they'll fall down (laughs) so it's a little bit different i'm not i I was engineering background as well but somehow i missed some of the process some of the finer processes anyway um talk to me a little bit about i'm interested in this bit where you went from the first pivot from um, being in business to that kernel of thought, that nagging sort of feeling of, I want to go into naturopathy or health or helping. Cause that's kind of like where it switched to helping people in a way, didn't it? It's like, and, and of course business consulting or coaching or anything is helping people, but then you went, I want to humanize this a little bit. Mm. Did that come from any personal transitions or health or things yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. So, um, so I didn't, I had no idea what a naturopath, I didn't, I hadn't even heard of, of the term. Um, this was back, um, gosh, close to probably eight or nine years ago now. So, um, so even though I was passionate about, um, uh, business yeah. and health, um, I, yeah, I had no idea what a, a naturopath was, but then I, I can't even remember how, how that came about. I probably read an article somewhere along the line. Um, and I decided to go and see a naturopath. Um, and I just wanted a general wellness plan, I guess. I just, I thought I was, I thought I was pretty healthy and whatnot. Well, it turns out I wasn't. <laughs> so, um, so that really led me down the path of, of reflecting and evaluating myself and, and how I was showing up and my diet. And it really turned things 
around for me and I thought I, I, I need I need to get into this so yeah you're right it went from like I guess you're still helping people in business but it's humanizing it mm. so I ended up um, ended up actually getting a, a job with with that particular naturopath that I saw and I stayed there for a number of years as her um, clinic manager so that's I guess where it really started because I was bringing the business side of things, but I was working in the natural health field. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there I studied. Um, so yeah, it was really just my own health journey and seeing the the change that that made in me. Mm. That, um, yeah. I really like that. So, and I know we've tangent it here, yeah. but for the audience, I think this concept of going into the thing you love, because mm -hmm. I speak to so many people who have talent and real passion for something and it's sounding like what you did is recognize that and then straight away connected with someone who is in the space mm. and actually found a way to bring value to them in something slightly different that wasn't yeah. directly in the thing while yeah. you learned the thing yes yes and one of the things like I talk to a lot of people want to become somehow they gravitate want to become personal trainers or mm. people in the health and like well you know the very first thing is to go meet the people who own the gym clean the gyms for free do their social media for them yeah. crush that whilst you do a like some sort of a you know organic mentorship learn yeah. do your certificates um, talk a little bit about how does that resonate with you at all did you plan that uh, when you went into that or were you just like what am I going to do straight to this person how did you kind of create that action because that you know that's that's really cool that's an interesting question um, and I haven't really thought about my intentions there I um, I basically knew that I wanted to move into that that area and the job popped up um, and I knew that I had a strong business sense and that her and I were quite a match personality-wise as well. We were very different. Mm -hmm. So I knew that I could bring uh, a lot to her to her business and she could help, help, help me so much, um, not only in uh, mentorship with, with naturopathy, but also seeing being inside a business that was successful mm. and that was already running in the field that I wanted to be in. So, um, it was, it was a win-win situation there, but yeah, I guess I came from, um, I knew that I wanted to move into that area first mm -hmm. and then I was like, well, how, yeah, I'm utilizing the, the strengths and the skills that I already had mm. to move in there. Yeah. Okay, cool. So then you're in the space and missing kind of this root part of your sort of DNA of like, like more the business mindset as well so what was your first step what did you do how did you kind of create because that's like pivot number two uh, there's a been a bit. few pivots yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you're speaking to the choir like I, I can't count them yeah. I think the last time I counted it was like I don't know nine different careers yeah, or something yeah, ridiculous yeah. in a decade I don't know but so what did you do then you went okay I'm I want to help people more on the structure part of the business 
did you uh, pack up bags and ship out or were you like it was more of a, it was more of a transition so I had I had a lot um, going on in my personal life at the time and I found that um, being a naturopath you hold a lot of space for people mm. um, with their health their journey um, and you really get to know them personally and I found that I was distracted so I had my own stuff going on and I really struggled to be able to show up in the way that I knew that I could show up for someone so I kind of paired it back myself I just I transitioned back a bit I just I guess defaulted to doing what I knew worked for me mm-hmm. so yes I started to get um, into that tech mainly in the field of naturopathy so I was helping other naturopaths um, with you know getting their e-courses live and helping them with their websites and troubleshooting and that kind of thing and to me that it comes so naturally mm. and it's so easy um, and then I guess from there that's when I realized how much I missed how much I missed it and I knew that I needed to bring that into the, the ultimate business that I was going to create mm-hmm. on that naturopaths and I'm going to generalize here uh, and kind of include because I know a lot of movement coaches, personal trainers, people who get into the passion sort of fueled business, the thing that they love. What are a couple of things that you notice that would just like that you look for that typically were just missing from the business sense or business side of what they were doing? I feel that they're following their passion and they've got the passion and the drive, but they were just missing those key foundational principles. Um, and they were like trying... what? Like what's just, just in case oh. someone's listening and they get to go, okay, I'm going to go in. Well, I guess pairing it back and looking at like, looking, looking at a business and how it runs and, you know, setting up your finances correctly, setting up your marketing correctly. Do you, you know, creating a database like it's interesting to to hear of um some quite like successful people that you know aren't doing some of the foundational things and it's sometimes hard to generalize because every business is different and i i advocate um the fact that you need to really tailor your business and not not create it the same as someone else in your industry Mm. um but yeah just you know, looking at looking at your marketing, looking at your finances, looking at your processes, your administration, that kind of thing. Um, getting all the ducks in a row, getting advice. So I mm. feel that yeah, people jump into it. They they get their business name and their ABN, and you know, get a website and off they go. And then what happens is if the foundational principles aren't in place, even if you have growth, then then it becomes this big scramble to support the business. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, it's interesting you mentioned the business cards and the ABN because I see the same similar thing. It's like, well, if I do the the things which I know I'm supposed to do because that's what I see in mm. other businesses, then people will come and mm. it will work. And I remember a period where that was me. I remember getting business cards printed out for uh, was running technique clinics that I was running with mm-hmm. another guy, an athlete, a, a triathlete. And so we got everything done, built a website and everything. And then we kind of sat there and it's like, well, yeah. <laughs> no one's, you know, no one's doing it. Like yeah. no one's coming. Yeah. And so it was like, okay. So then we started to like 
use Twitter at the time to like create, you know, some marketing and that yeah. sort of stuff. Um, one other thing that jumps to mind is sometimes these businesses can be successful to a point and those, what got them there didn't include some of these processes or foundation principles. And I found that sometimes that can create a bit of conflict. Say, for example, if I believe heavily, one of my views anyway is heavily on um, going forward on this concept of trust and attention through marketing and how we do that. And say up until 2019, you might not have done that at all. Mm. And so therefore your kind of best practice might not include this whole other conversation or this whole other principle. Do you find that when you come in and you're like, well, you, you know, we don't have this, this, and this, we need to kind of get to work on these areas based on your experience. Do you find you ever get tension or conflict where they're like, oh, I don't need that. Or I've gotten to this point without doing that. Why do I need to pay for that kind of stuff? Yeah. It's confronting. Yeah. It's confronting because you're basically saying from a, from quite a non-judgment way, but you're kind of saying, well, yeah, you've you've built it, but you've you're missing key aspects, mm. and no one wants to to feel that you know they've done something wrong. Not that you know it, it's not wrong, but by um, missing out on some of those key principles, mm. it's um yeah, it is confronting. Um, I wouldn't say conflict because a lot of time. Um, by the time I come in and, and have a chat to them, they're desperate for help. Yeah. So they know that they can't keep going the way that they're going without some some kind of system or process structure. And, you know, a, a lot of business owners kind of fly by the seat of our pants and, you know, there's paper everywhere and, yeah, yeah it's, it's, I guess, organizing that. Yeah. Yeah. So what some of the pain points or struggles that people and I'm sure we'll probably end up talking more about the stress conversation, but what's some of the stuff that shows up for people that leads them to calling you in or that you find present with the client or the person you work with when you step on the scene, how is it showing up for them health wise or in the physiology or in their life? What's sort of the pain point? I guess overwhelm yeah. is the massive one. Um, and, and as I said before, they're, they're operating, they're operating, they're, they keep on doing the thing and then they get to that point and went, oh, like, I actually don't have, I don't have a safety net. Like, I don't have that, that catchment. Um, and so, yeah, I dare say it's, it's mainly overwhelm, um, overwhelmed by stress. Yeah. So... And so when you step in, are you bringing in the obviously the, the context or the experience from the naturopathy how do you kind of frame up that conversation that's on one side you've got sort of this huge lack of kind of i'm reminded of when you go fishing and it gets tangled it's called a bird's nest yeah. it's just like you start to undo it but you just like you end up just cutting like yeah so you got this bird's nest and then you've got the the sort of way that that crystallizes in them which is the overwhelm how do you start off knowing what you know and based on your experience where do you start with that do you do you go tactical or is it humanized how does a conversation begin a bit of both yeah yeah a bit of both so um i i would be looking at 
what's their what's their personality for starters and their strengths because however we're going to to fix this or to get them out of overwhelm i want it to flow with them so i'm looking at that i'm looking at what their what their schedule is like what how many plates how many balls are they juggling um and seeing whether we can um organize that a bit better so firstly looking at um reducing the amount that's on their plate whether that's outsourcing whether that is just you know um giving them homework to you know like let's just you just need to sort this and Mm -hmm. then we can build from there um in terms of in terms of systemizing and, and starting with that um i'd be looking at uh having a chat to them about what their what their ultimate business is mm. where do you want to be because mm. if where you want to be and where you are now and you're doing all these other random things and saying yes to opportunities that aren't actually going to get you to that end goal mm. in, in, you know during the long game what are you doing it for you, it's just it, we often get caught up in that bright shiny object syndrome yeah. and it's about pairing that back and going well if this is where you want to be then let's create steps to get there, once we know what steps we need to get there, then we can look at the systems and processes that that needs because you could probably cut 50% of what you're actually doing Mm. um, to streamline and focus. Yeah, I like that. I was thinking about that the other day. Um, I've been thinking a little bit about that in terms of speed, in terms of being able to move quickly. When you're small, one of the upsides is you can get reflection and pivot and, and move, well, something I like anyway is to move quite fast. And one of the parts is you need to be able to be okay with eliminating things which you either aren't in your wheelhouse, you're slow at, or you suck at. Mm. And for a lot of people that's really hard because they'll look over the shoulder and someone else is doing that kind of stuff and blah, blah, blah. So we feel we have to keep going. But what it means is you leave your kind of zone of genius at 20% because you've still got 80% of crap that's taking up all of your energy and time. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about processes because I think that although I admit to not being very strong in this area, one of the pillars in the in the program that I run is impeccability in the energy generation. And the way that I kind of frame that up is like doing your best on an ongoing basis. So it could be being on time for a meeting. It could be putting the podcast out on the day it's supposed to go out. It could be if you commit to doing social media every second day is doing it. I find you then sleep better. It's like the subconscious mind closes things off nicely. Mm -hmm. And it makes it a joy to work with the person too if you have an agreement around that. And I feel like the process conversation, the more I hear you speak about it, actually has a lot of overlap here. Talk a little bit about that. Like what's some of the stuff that you see from someone who's not process oriented a little bit frayed uh, or a little bit you know um ping what's it called uh, t- um pinball yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then streamlined in what do you see what are the benefits what do you see kind of as the upside there well the upside is um 
a better run business and, and a better run body yeah. really at the end of it because they're both so linked. So uh, I'm a big believer that um, structure and, and processes equals freedom, even mm. though obviously it, it, that sounds a little counterintuitive, but um, I believe if you've got the boundaries in place and you've got the, the structure there, you know what's happening when, obviously you need to have room to move in that. But if you've got that there, it's just, it's reducing decision fatigue. Yeah. And I think that's a big one. Um, we're so we're so caught up in our head, and we've, there's so much input. As so, utilizing you know certain processes or structures, boundaries in your business, um, it overflows to to you to you as a human, to your health, your family. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, one thing that pops to mind is this idea of constraints. Yeah, and a lot of people feel like they could be more creative with unconstrained environments. So like if we said, Hey, just draw a picture or something. I mean, you've got a piece of paper, so you're beginning with a constraint anyway. But what we find is that to do, to create great work, we actually thrive off of constraints. We thrive off of um, frameworks and allows us to innovate within the context of constraints. The other thing that popped into mind was sometimes in my experience having lots of structure like if I write a blog post every day and I agree to that structure the even though the output goes up the stress level drops mm. and it's really easy mentally emotionally to do it yeah so does that mean that you think do you see people able to output at a higher level once i mean obviously but once the the once the structures in place the systems are in yeah um and i also um look at the personality of the person as well yeah. so and, talk and about that strengths. a little bit what does that mean yeah so i um i'm very passionate actually i work with um with a guy who um is, is a strength coach and um, I've learned some very valuable um, points and, and lessons along the way of of running running your life yeah. as, according to your strengths, Wh whether it's business, whether it's how you show up to your friends and family, whether it's how you parent, all of those. So it's looking at you know how you, what you naturally default to because that's where you're going to feel in flow. Um, so in terms of um, sorry, what was the strengths? Yeah, the, so, yeah the, with the, so with the strengths and the personality, um, I'm passionate about a particular test. It's called um, it's called the the Gallup Clifton Strengths Test, and I often get clients to do that to work out where they sit, looking at their strengths and their and their weaknesses. And with that, I can at least see. How, and sometimes you don't even know what you um, you don't even know how, how you really operate. You can't put it into words, mm. and so it just it gives that language around it. And um, I mean, I'm not a strengths coach by any means, but I like to know sort of what what the person's default is, mm. so that when we're looking at you know output, commitments, boundaries, processes, if you can work it in with that. Um, 
they're going to feel happier. And then that doesn't look the same as the next person. Mm. So it's so individualized. Mm. Mm. So just to break that down really simply, if you're listening, strength coach, not strength in the gym. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Personality, archetype, tendencies, mentally, in terms of where you would be strongest, how you perform the best. Correct. And what are a few examples in the test that you referred to of what these different strengths or archetypes or personalities are called? Like what, yeah, what are some of the yeah, different cool. versions? So, so the, this particular test that, that I love to do is, um, has 34 different traits. Yeah. And so for example, mine, uh, uh, intellection, which means I like to, to sit back and think about things before, before jumping in, uh, input. So I love data and details. So that often, you know, that comes up as quite a strong strength of mine. Um, and some of the others are responsibility, harmony. Um, I tend to avoid conflict, um, and connection as well. Um, but there's ones like, uh, maximizer and, um, winning over others. So, we're looking at there's a whole spectrum across the personalities and it's it's looking at well you know if if you're such a people person then obviously you need to to automate a lot of parts of your business just for for stress management but you also need to keep such human element and such a connection element to that Mm. whereas someone who doesn't have that as uh, a strong strength trait um you can you just it's all about um, yeah, mold, molding your business around mm. around those traits. So effectively, if you went through this test or another or, or some another way, or alternative one, yeah, um, some some way to get some awareness on potentially your natural tendencies or yes. strengths. Yes. And you went wanted to go into the health space. Yes. It could be the difference from being, say, an online personal trainer, something like that, or someone who's two-hour one-to-one sessions with people yeah. doing. De- so it could really help you to frame up where and how you deliver, how you execute, basically everything. Yeah, and whether that looks like um, consulting at all, maybe um, you know you you are in that field and you're so passionate about it but maybe research is your thing Mm. because um you don't really you feel that you need to show up on that one-to-one scale whether online or or in person but it's not really you but everyone else is doing it Mm. but then you know you get into a different side of things and then that's where you feel flow Mm. i love that um talk a little bit about flow what do you how does that what does that mean um yeah, what does that mean for the human from that mm-hmm. side? What does that mean for the business? I think flow is... It's kind of like one of those words you hear a lot. Yes, like, yes. Yeah. And I think it's got a, like, it's a few different definitions and I think it's what resonates with, with the person. But I feel that it's when you're doing the work that you love that you would do even if you weren't being paid for it. Yeah. You just, you just want to shop. You just want to... Um, help someone else in that capacity or create something just for the sake of creating so I feel that yeah um, getting into your flow state is is working with um, the natural tendencies of your personality and then utilizing your skill set in ways that really fits and flows with you Mm. yeah Um, you talk a little bit about 
congruency? Yes. Is flow and congruency linked? Maybe flesh out what congruency means a little bit if you're a business owner or you're you're starting out doing something. Yeah. So um, I'm very passionate about congruency. Um, so basically congruency is alignment. Yeah. So we're looking at... Um, being congruent, being aligned with with who you are as a human as to how you show up in your business because they are so linked. And that's why, you know, I've created a holistic business because as a business owner, you are the business. Like, mm. and, and as we discussed earlier, if, if you're not showing up, you're, you know, not wanting to face the world that day or, or you're sick or you're just in complete burnout, the your business stops mm. yeah and so so much is is riding on that so i feel that in terms of congruency if you're creating in your um your yeah creating a business that is congruent with who you are as a human everything just gets easier mm. and and you and you do find flow a lot easier as well yeah it's interesting because uh we do some work in the APA program around personal story yeah. and it's pretty early on, but then we also come back to it later and it always blows me away how powerful it is. Mm -hmm. And I feel that talking about whether this is personality or strengths testing, personal story or recapitulation of your story bringing awareness to this thing with this concept of understanding who you are as a human can really, especially when you voice it and you kind of flesh it out and kind of, and kind of stand behind it a little bit can really power up your ability, not just in the business kind of on the execution front, but also in the communications piece as well, to yeah. talk about your business, to talk, to connect to other people, to network, whatever you want to call yeah. it, market, whatever. Um, so do you feel that, does that resonate in that, do you see that when people understand more of who they are as a person, it unblocks things like marketing or things which are linked to that expression? Yeah, not only does that, that but, but also um, unblocks the um the attraction between their business and their ideal client yeah so i mean we all need like as a business owner we all need clients right but or customers um but ultimately you want to be working with the person that really lights you up as well and that mm. you that you get along with really well and so by expressing your true self within your business and showing up that way in your marketing um you you naturally attract that person and so you're kind of weeding out the people that, you know, may be better off going to your competitor because they would gel better with them. Yeah. So I think it's a really human way of doing business. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it really resonates going forward with, well, for me anyway, how I kind of look at brand as well. And, you know, people throw around the word of authenticity and all of this stuff a lot. And, but at this basic level like we do want to know more about the person who we're working with whether there's resonance there whether yeah. that's values however you want to frame it up um what do you say to people who are i guess resistant to mm -hmm. things like processes and things like structure 
because the thought of it might feel either, and we spoke about the benefits of constraints, but might feel constraints like shackles and chains, or it might stress them out mm. in a kind of paradoxical way. But mm -hmm. it's like, I, like, I don't have time for that. I don't, I'm not that kind of person. You know, maybe they fancy themselves as a bit of a creative fly by the seat of your pants, sort of cowboy, cowgirl. And they don't really want to go into that, but they're on their own sole trader or freelancer. Um, is there anything that you'd say to them, anything way that you kind of frame that up? Look, if, if they're wanting to, if, if that's where that, that path really lights them up and they don't want to deviate from that, I'd say you need to, you either need to outsource or you need to build a team. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't have to look like bringing someone on full time, but you need, you know, something as simple as getting a bookkeeper, getting, yeah. you know, someone to manage your social media account, like just so you can show up consistently yeah. in business because, I mean, that's, that's what it's about showing up, being consistent and serving people. Yeah. And so, yes, you can go on that, that tangent of that creativity and you're not wanting to, um, be, to be shackled down by constraints and boundaries. That That's fine. Do that. But um, have a team to, to catch you because you need that balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's go the other way. Yes. And what about for, and now I'm just kind of like spitballing on things that are popping in my head. The business owner or the practitioner who has maybe gone through burnout, mm. they've been stressed and they have a heavy emphasis on the wellness, mm -hmm. the looking after myself, maybe a, a, a kind of a recoil after pushing too hard. Mm -hmm. And you know, perhaps looking at all of this stuff, even the word business, like they're doing it, but looking at this landscape and thinking that, you know, I don't want to work too hard. I don't want to put mm. too much because it, it, it's, it can leave an imprint right in the subconscious. 100%. And yet also, you know, of course we need clients, we need, yeah. we need cash flow revenue. So th there's some sense that there's this feeling that they kind of have to, but there's a little bit of tension in how that's balanced because maybe the burnout or even because of the nature. So if there may be in naturopathy or yoga or an area that's really focused on wellness and on self and on, um, holding space for others. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then this other world of like pushing forward in kind of the more business kind of material, um, space mm. scares them a little bit. Yeah. Um, does that resonate at all for you personally? Oh, yes. It does? <laughs> yes, yes. And so what's your experience? What would you say? So th that's been my experience this year. So I've been in burnout um, a couple of times over the last couple of years. And I ended up with a with a, a diagnosis of HPA axis dysfunction, which a lot of people know as adrenal fatigue or burnout. Um, but it was, yeah, from a health perspective, it was to a point where like my hormones were so out of whack, my testosterone was through the roof. So I was operating from such a yang place and such a drive and go, go, go. And, um, and then I started to get like the, the chronic fatigue symptoms because my cortisol had just fizzled. So I was, 
you know, when we wake up in the morning, we want our cortisol to rise. That's what gets us out of bed and gets mm. us moving for the day. And mine was not even on the reference scale. So when I got te- testing done, you just and I just, yeah, that was it. I was done. So from a personal experience, massive for me. Mm. So I've come into this business going, well, I need to look at my schedule and know what, what tips me over the edge, what I can actually uh, output mm. um, and what space I can hold for people and how many people I can work with and also look at the numbers financially that I need to survive as well mm. um, and thrive and um, taking all that into account and then building the business around that, making sure that your schedule isn't full of back-to-back meetings or, mm. or clients and uh, having time for self-care. And mm. I found, interestingly enough, the months that I spend a lot more time on self-care, um, the the business um, finances go up. Like mm. it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. You take that time for yourself. And so I guess it's, yeah, it's knowing, it's knowing what your, what your capacity is mm. and coming from that place and then looking at, well, how can you create passive income streams and how can you automate more to drive down that output? Mm. And so that when you are in business mode, you're giving it a hundred percent, but then you're giving yourself so much adequate time for rest. Yeah. Yeah. It's tricky too, because it can, it can really scar uh, it can scar or it can really, it can really come in kind of like this, this ax on, you know, when you, when you get that burnout or whatever it is and it can create perspective as well. And it can create worldviews that, well, anything that's, you know, hustle, anything that's work is bad. Therefore everyone doing that is like, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. it sounds ridiculous saying it, but like for me, I've been there before. It's like, yeah, I still have these views, you know, I burned out in say triathlon, therefore triathlon is bad. It's like, yeah. eh, it's a mirror. It's how you did triathlon. It's how yeah. I, you know, it's how I expressed it through this thing, but it creates, even with the awareness, it still creates kind of this like low level sort of distancing mm-hmm. of the things. Um, you know, how would you kind of guide someone or is there anything you'd say to someone who perhaps wants to get back into this full flight mode or ability to grow, um, on the emotional side of it to encourage them, you know, would you start back with processes? Would you start with the conversation? Um, like the stuff you talked about earlier on personality types, um, how did you kind of guide them through those early stages, I suppose, to reframe a little bit of this. Yeah. So, um, I'd be also looking at, so when they were in, in the throes of burnout and and hustle and drive and whatnot, what else was going on in their life that could have been contributing to stressors as well. Um, so looking, so taking that and then looking at where they're at now, how they've set their life up now, what tweaks do we need to make to that? Um, what, you know, self-care, can we keep in that? Mm. Um, and then, yeah, starting it from, okay, so who, who are you and how do, how do you operate on default and what lights you up and what are your goals and what's your survival metrics and um, taking it from there, then developing the, the processes and systems that support that. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess starting from scratch, that's 
where I would look and then also giving them um, the the awareness to know when they are starting to climb up that to that top capacity level and then bring it back down mm. so you know I've and it's easy to do it's easy to be in love with your business and showing up and and um, and serving people and then realizing that your own self like it's it's um, it's such a hidden thing and then well, it sort it of smacks good. you in the, yeah, yeah yeah I was gonna ask that was my next question because for me I think about it one way that I think about it is by changing time frames. Mm. So if I shrink my time frame right down and I feel amazing on a 60 minute time frame, mm. to do that all I need to have is like a couple of coffees and just go, right? And it feels amazing. Yeah. Now if I take that same kind of way of living and sh- stretch out my time frame to a week, maybe I can survive. Mm. I go to a year, all of a sudden I'm in trouble, 10 years, all of a sudden I'm like, I'm, I'm gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so one way that I kind of think about it is this long game, like, okay, well, it's going to feel a little more sort of like the tortoise rather than the hare mm-hmm. in the short run, and that's going to allow me to continue in the long run. But one of the challenges is when you jack, like cortisol is a mobilizing hormone, it's it's bringing us to attention. Mm-hmm. So, and you you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but it it can feel really good. It's like I'm on, like yeah. I'm I'm attentive, yeah. and I'm I'm elevated as well. Yeah, and that might not necessarily be the state that we want to be in all the time, but it didn't have to feel stressful. I can feel really good yeah. and attentive. So, how do you? balance that because I've heard a lot of times people like, well, I, I feel on all day, you know, I'm fasting, I'm doing this with my coffee and all this. And I'm like, and I just feel sharp all day. I'm like, yeah, that's because you were ramped or yeah. like you were just letting yourself like, but that's really hard because it feel, it can feel so good for the person. Mm-hmm. How do you approach or how would you approach that conversation? Cause what are the telltale signs, you know, when it's, before it's too late it's amazing yeah that's right and and as you said it feels good and you're feeling on and you're like this is awesome like i'm killing it like and then and then you're not (laughs) um so i guess the the telltale signs are um yeah so that's interesting coming from the place that feels good so firstly i would make sure that you are creating a daily practice just like we have um like a lot of us do you know a good morning practice is having a good eat having a good wind down mm. having um incorporating mindfulness meditation into your day um getting um very uh specific about um you know, creating a ritual mm. around to switching off mm. calming down um, because yeah, it, it is easy, especially if you're in that flow and you're doing things that you love, um, setting, setting boundaries, like even though you feel on and you're, you just want to keep working on your business, it's time to shut off now. Mm. You know, it's, it's not time to work until midnight because mm. you feel on fire because yeah. that's when, you know, as you said, you can do that for a day. You keep doing that weeks and weeks on end. And even though it felt good in the beginning, that's when, you know, your sleep starts getting affected and 
everything it's that compound effect mm. and and it can creep up on us so having that in place beforehand yeah yeah the 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 understanding and appreciation for that other side that downregulated state mm. i think is because until you practice it uh, i'm reminded of this crazy massage therapist that i once knew Back in 2009, I was still heavy into these triathlons and I was kind of wanting to like go pro. That was like my goal. And I'd go to see this crazy massage therapist that I got referred to, his name was Jeremy. And um, he was he was all about, you know, relaxing and all of this stuff. And I was like, but he's a little bit wild. So most people didn't pay too much attention, but I, I, I listened to him a lot and he, he said two things. One was, why are you doing this? Like, are you going to get paid for this? And basically I was running a business at the same time, a retail store. And he basically said, if you aren't going to get good money for what you're doing to yourself, you need to think really hard about what you're putting yourself through. And I bet I felt amazing, but I listened a little bit. And then the next thing he taught me was the yoga nidra. You're going to, he said, when you go home today, what I want you to do is just to lie down on your back on a hard surface and set your thing, your timer for 20 minutes and just practice that. Do that for a few weeks. And the first couple of times I lay there and I'm just like this, just like, ding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then like the fifth time or something, all of a sudden, like halfway through, I'm like, you know, semi-conscious. Yeah. And then pretty soon, a couple of weeks in, I'm addicted to these nitras. <laughs> I'm like lying down within a couple of minutes, you're just like, not asleep, but you know how it is. Like you're, you're, you're just in that different state. Yeah. yeah. And then you wake up and you're like, whoa, okay. Yeah. And it becomes a skill and an appreciation that was, a, for me, a great kernel for the next kind of decade. But without that feeling and really enjoying it, there would have been no reason to go further, mm -hmm. you know. It's somehow you know, falling in love with that peace, that yeah. balance. Yeah. Do you think that you needed to go through the, you know, hit against the wall kind of dark hole stuff to have that appreciation for it? Or do you th see people now through the education and culture shifting and we're embracing it earlier? Um, I think that we are shifting and embracing it. Um, but there are still there are still some of us that you know you get addicted to that that high cortisol feeling and that I, like it's different for everyone mm. so and I, I think it also comes down to who you surround yourself with and what they're doing so obviously you know we learn so much from from who we surround ourselves with and you know you might switch on to that fact that Yes, you do need to downregulate. Yeah, look at look at how this person's showing up and how much more calm and centered they are, and they're still running at a good high output during like with their business. Mm. Um, so we don't necessarily have to get to that stage um, of where we're you know in burnout. But yeah, if we do, I think we appreciate that mm. downregulation is so much more. Mm. Is there anything you want to add on? you know whether it's marketing social media anything that you see as a not a problem area but a little bit of a um hot button that links back to stress links back to this other stuff that that comes up frequently at the moment with people 
I think people aren't putting, uh, aren't, aren't scheduling um, their business. That's a, it's a very generalization, but um, people aren't taking the time to schedule. So they're, they're running their business and they're kind of, I wouldn't say in decision fatigue, but they're just running it. Okay. Today, it's Tuesday. I'll, I'll do this and this and this. Whereas if you've got more of a structured plan and you're looking at um, where you can batch batch and schedule, mm. whether that is, you know, batching social media content or podcast episodes and then scheduling that content throughout the, the week or the month or the year, um, whether it's that or whether it's, you know, okay, for Monday mornings for, for 45 minutes, I'm just going to be solely focused on my books. Mm. And I think it's it's not, it's looking at their schedule and filling it full of the, the doing and the serving in their business and not... Yeah, even taking like an hour to, to look at where their, their structures and processes are, how's, how's it going, does it need tweaking, um, you know, uh, inputting energy to that as well. Mm. So I find that, yeah, people are kind of forgetting it and that's when they're in overwhelm, then there's a scramble, then there's a bird's nest business going on and mm. it, it's a lot harder to, to untangle that. Mm. I love it. It feels what's coming to mind is this marriage between like, you know, what I love is like um, trying new things, bring, like just playing with new things. And sometimes that can pop up a little bit uh, spontaneously, yeah. like, oh, I'm going to do this. right, yeah. And then I'll just do it. But what's coming to mind is, like, OK, cool. So, you know, perhaps you've got one part of the month or whatever that's dedicated to idea generation and innovation and then you roll that out through and it's scheduled and it mm -hmm. it sounds really nice as a as a cool way to bring the two together um in a way that also could outperform because by having scheduled time for things like creativity and innovation you also could go places that you wouldn't have gone if you were day to day. You know yeah. what I mean? It's making sure that you get everything in, which yeah. I really like. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to add or talk about? Um, Speaking of scheduling, uh, I saw you had a podcast schedule for 2020. Now that's, uh, that's yes. on the record. Yes, um, yes. Is there anything else that's scheduled that you're excited about? Um, I will be releasing in, um, I'm hoping April, May. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be releasing a, um, entrepreneur, small business owner specific e-course on burnout and looking at ways to, to prevent it, ways to manage it. If you're kind of teetering on the edge and then also ways to get out of that. And, you know, as a, like, as a naturopath, yes, we can, we can look at, the herbs and the supplements and the, the, the dietary changes that you need, but so much of it is lifestyle as well. Mm. So much of it is coming back to, to energy generation and looking at um, how are you sleeping? I feel mm. that that's like Sleep the so key. Huge. That's when you when you bring it back. So when we when we're looking at um, you know looking at burnout, I always think like look at your sleep your sleep habits. What are you doing there? Looking at your diet. And looking at your schedule, mm. like what what can you outsource, what can you eliminate, what can you delegate, that kind of thing. So they're like the three the three areas that 
yeah, that I would look at. Um, yeah. Cool. Anything else comes to mind you want to talk about? No, I think that's it. That's it? Yeah. Um, okay. Where do people go to catch up with you or find your stuff? Yeah, cool. So um, I'm currently building my new site, but that will be at holisticbusiness.com.au and that is holistic with a h not a w um, i'm also on instagram holistic underscore business um, and also my personal one belinda lesku l-e-s-k-i-w for those who don't know how to spell it um, but yeah that's where i mainly hang out um, instagram and website they're my two yeah main areas but yeah look out for podcasts in the second half of 2020 that would be yeah. that would be cool i just want to have conversations around burnout and um with business owners about how they they've managed that or prevent that or have brought themselves back from that mm. so, yeah. yeah i think um you know we are wrapping it up here but one thing that really resonates when you said that is um is acceptance, you know, and non-judgment, whether that's of yourself or if you're in that state or you've been through that state, not just of yourself, but of others who you look across and are doing something different because your own experiences shape worldviews so quickly that it's very easy to make other people wrong, whether they're on one side of the fence or the other side. And we're so different. Yes. You know? And even the same person at different periods. Yes. It's just like wild. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that's just what popped up for me. Yeah. Cool. Alrighty. Well, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much. Um, if you enjoyed this one, please forward it along to someone else, perhaps a business owner, freelancer, practitioner, anyone who's kind of carving something out on their own perhaps and faces this unique set of challenges and I guess unique set of stresses and of course there's a unique set of opportunities as well. I think that's probably the big thing is like we talk a lot about the challenges of running your own thing but it opens up doors that you can't get otherwise as yeah. well. If you know someone forward along or subscribe to the podcast. That's the most helpful thing that you can do for me. Uh, if you have any questions on this episode, send them along, johnatjohntmarsh.com or directly to Bell, and we'll get to them on the next episode. Thank you for listening. This is Access Potential Podcast. You can be the most knowledgeable person in the whole wide world. Great. Or you can be Mr. Personality. You know, it's a sweet blend between the both in terms of like giving the information, right? But then eventually when we talk about longevity, it's about how well can you do both of those with the soft skill mm -hmm. you know, background. So do you see the person in front of you clearly? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? How do you connect with that person? How do you communicate with that person? Now, how do you amplify that in different scenarios with another person who may be completely different type? Does that make sense? Right, and it's yeah. that, you know, it takes a certain level of awareness to then connect with those individuals and also to then bring those individuals together collectively. Mm. And that's where the hard work is. That's where all the skills are required, essentially. Yeah. Access Potential Academy is a six-month peer-to-peer program for small business owners, coaches, practitioners to help them level up. It's to help create leaders, but also to help create creators. 
people who create great work and take a stand for great relationships. This isn't for everybody. The work is not easy. It is project-based learning that will help you to level up in 2020 and get the most, not just out of your business and the work that you're doing, but out of yourself as a human. If you're interested in finding out more about Access Potential Academy, send me a quick email, john at johntmarsh.com. I would love to hear more about what you would like to create.